side. Uh, official kick time uh, this week is uh, 6.39 uh, p.m. Central Time. Uh, Coach Moore will have some brief opening comments and we'll take your questions. And we have some floor microphones. If you'll raise your hand, we'll get a floor mic to you. And a reminder, no live streaming. Thank you. Well, welcome, guys. Um, excited to get prepared for Vanderbilt. We started uh, Friday. On Vanderbilt, got a lot of respect for Derek and uh, the program that he's put together. He and I have got to spend some time together in the off seasons and really enjoy the time spent with him. He's a defensive-minded guy like myself and got a lot of respect for the way he runs his program. Um, obviously, they've got some really elite players returning offensively. When you look at what they've got coming back, I mean, a tight end that leads the country in returning uh, receptions, a back that had as many or more 10-yard carries than DeAndre Swift, uh, also the leading SEC returning in yards, and then also a receiver that uh, Elijah Lipson seems like he's been playing there forever. Uh, every time we've had to play him, I thought he was a really good wide out. So they have you know, kind of a really good player at every level. Uh, and you look at what they've been able to do defensively, you know, Derek prides himself on them being able to stop the run and control the run. And you look at last year's game, and I don't think people really realize how close a ball game that was, especially early. Um, you know, they held us to our lowest rushing total in the first half of the season. They outrushed us 90-something to 50-something in the first half and did a really good job of doing so by creating a lot of issues through the run game. So I got a lot of respect for the way their players play and the, their program he runs, and we're looking forward to uh, opening up in Nashville. Kirby, Derek said he's going to take the quarterback situation right up to kickoff. Yeah. Just the challenge of that and um, not a ton of footage on Wallace. How much have you all watched from Ball State uh, regarding Neal? Well, both. We've seen him be able to play there. We've got cut-ups there. Some of our coaches here recruited him uh, out of high school and are aware of him. And, you know, a little bit of footage of each one, really. And I've been there before in the quarterback situation, so I know uh, how it goes and being able to manage it. But, you know, we'll expect to be able to see both those guys. And if one of them plays the whole game, that probably means he's playing well. Uh, and if we see both of them, they may be telling both of them they can play. But we've got to prepare for both. Um, be ready to face both. And it's not going to be as much about those guys as the guys around them because the guys around them are really good players and they'll be as good as we face at those three positions this season at those three positions. Kirby clearly uh, – um, Havoc right has been a big a big talking point. You're, you're getting ready for the first game. Are you, if, what have you seen in that? Do you feel good about uh, what you've seen in practice and being able to translate it to a game situation? I won't ever say you feel good about it. I don't, I don't sit before the first game and feel certain about anything. You know, you, you, you watch openers and you just realize that there's so many things that, that you can prepare for but you're not prepared for. And um, Havoc rate has been a big deal for us. Uh, and that comes in a lot of forms and fashion. I think people expect to see more people coming. That's not necessarily the case. We're trying to create tackles for a loss, pass breakups, interceptions. That doesn't necessarily mean more pressure. Havoc does not equal pressure. Havoc equals ability to get a hand on a ball, to bat a ball, to cause a turnover, to do those things. And um, our guys have really emphasized it, but we haven't done it. <laughs> so until you've actually gone out there and done it, I don't feel comfortable saying we're going to have a higher havoc rate until we do it. So we've got to go out and execute it and uh, play with really quick explosiveness up front 
um, not just catch blocks, but try to disrupt. That's what we're trying to do. Coach, I think first time you guys are opening on the road in a conference game since before you were even here. Georgia people travel well to Vanderbilt and have in the past. What do you expect from that, and how tough is it to go in somebody else's house to open the season? Yeah, our fans do a wonderful job traveling. I think when you get an opportunity for a three-day weekend and it involves Nashville, their fans will be the same way ours are. It's a, it's a tough ticket right now because people want to go. People want to go to Nashville. People want to go to – it's a place they enjoy going, and their fans are the same way. So it's a limited number of seats altogether compared to most SEC stadiums. So it'll be a tough ticket to get, and it should be that way. Uh, our players are excited about playing in that kind of atmosphere and against a really good football team. I think it's very different when you open with a conference team because of the, uh, I guess, the enormous amount of pressure that it becomes, are you going to execute in the moment because your margin of error is reduced drastically compared to, you know, opening with a school that's maybe not a power five program or something. So you got to be organized. You got to be detailed. Uh, you got to focus and really got to be unselfish. And we talked a lot about that with our players that only 70 guys going, there's going to be some guys sitting at home that are really good football players for us. Uh, Kirby kind of building on that is preparation different at all for a, uh, your first game being on the road, uh, likewise to, um, or, you know, comparing it to past two seasons again, App, App State and uh, Austin P. Yeah, I mean, the preparation being on the road for us is we always worry about crowd noise regardless of where we play, but that, that, that happens to us defensively at home. So we go against each other. We just put crowd noise on so everybody's preparing the same. Um, but as far as traveling, I think the biggest thing will be the new guys. I think the biggest thing will be the freshmen that maybe haven't gone on a road trip with a college program to know the demeanor with which we travel, the demeanor with which we do walkthroughs, uh, how we handle ourselves at the hotel, and a lot of our leaders got to handle that. But uh, you, know, you find out a lot about guys. We've got a lot of guys that haven't had their feet in the fire that will get to have that. And you, know, you try to simulate that in scrimmages, but there's only so much you can do. We try to make scrimmages as intense as possible to create that feeling. But ultimately, we'll find out a lot about our team. Kirby, Kirby, along those lines, I'm sure regardless of how you play, there's going to be some loud narratives one way or the other from yep. fans and media. In your experience as a player or coach, how much has the first game been a tone setter for the season, and, and how much has the first game been an indication about what was, what was going to happen the rest of the season? It's been both ways. I mean, I don't think at all you can take the first game and say that it sets – that it – defines you it's not going to define you win or lose it's not going to define you what's going to define you is how you respond um, I do think the narrative is set a lot of times off the first game because especially if it's a national nationally televised game where you're out there and you're playing a quality conference opponent who we think is a really good program and a good team you know the narrative can be spun afterwards well the expectation was this and this happened and like you said either way Positive, negative. I mean, it doesn't matter. They're going to they're gonna try to spin it. For us, it's about the facts and being really technical. Try to improve on the things that we don't do well and uh, and try to get better everywhere we can and get a lot of guys' experience. That, that unfortunately, is the downfall to playing a road conference game is you don't get to take players so they get that experience of traveling on the road because you, you only get 70. Coach, a uh, housekeeping question here. I know there's off-field incident this weekend, uh, injuries. Yep. Can you update us on those uh, personnel matters going into this week? Yeah, Bill, unfortunately, made a very poor decision, poor choice in judgment. Um, he'll suffer the consequences for that. 
and uh, very disappointed in him. And he knows that we don't accept that behavior here at the University of Georgia, and he'll be punished uh, accordingly. As far as injuries, you know, Nicobe's practiced. He's He's been back. He's not 100%, uh, but he has practiced, which is promising. Uh, they had a day off yesterday, so I know a lot more today with him coming out there, whether he's – you know, 80, 90, 100. I don't, I don't know where he is, uh, but he's been able to get a lot of rehab. Jamari is still fighting his way back. He's probably behind where Nakobe is, but still expecting to get him back. Um, nobody really else, unless you're specifically thinking of somebody. Well, I don't know who's going to travel yet. We haven't made that decision. I mean, that that's decided in practice. We still have practice to do, so that's not it's a decision we make later in the week. But he's practicing. Kirby, uh, what are your plans at right guard on the offensive line and also uh, in your return game and even long snapper? Yeah, no decision is final. Just exactly what you expect to hear. The guys are competing for the jobs. Cade and Ben are still rolling at right guard. Both of them are doing a really good job. Cade's playing multiple positions besides there. Ben's playing primarily there with a little left guard. Um, and then snapper will be decided probably this week. Returners, a lot of the same guys. I mean, it's... Cook, D-Rob, back there, kickoff return, punt, return. It's Tyler, Kiaris, Dom, and DeAndre. So uh, we got, you know, four good practices still left that we're evaluating guys and, and making final decisions on who's going to be where. Kirby, I don't know if you accept the premise of the term, but in terms of a defensive game changer through the years, like two years ago you had Roquan plus some other guys last year, DeAndre Baker. Do you see potential – for anybody to kind of have that game changer on defense role this year? You know, I don't know. I think it's it's really hard on defense. If, you, if you're not a rusher affecting the passer, which neither one of those two were, there's, there's ways and probably harder for him to negate Roquan and his talents because he's in the middle of the field. Um, DeAndre was just really had an unbelievable year for us and a special year with the way he played. But at the end of the day, they can avoid him by using the other side of the field. It's hard to find a guy that just affects the game outside of a dominant, dominant pass rusher. And, you know, it's still yet to be determined if we have that. And uh, I don't see one right now that I say, oh, that guy's just unblockable on third down. Um, if it was that way, it, it makes things a little simpler to call the game as opposed to having to create pressures or do things to uh, create negative plays. you got a guy that can go make them. Um, right now, I don't know that we have that, but we have good depth. Uh, and we got some good young players. Kirby, the the expectations here are always very high. They're high again this year. You've always been a guy who believes in embracing the expectations instead of trying to downplay them. W where does that come from? Why is that the way to go? Well, it's reality. I mean, I don't think that you run from that. I, I don't really know a team in the SEC that doesn't have high expectations. I don't know a team in the country that doesn't have high expectations. I think embracing them faces the fact that you have a standard that we have here of excellence and you want everyone to attain that. So from the red shirt freshman to the walk on to the graduate transfer senior, you embrace the fact that our intent, our, our, our drive is to be the best. And every day we go out to practice, every meeting we go in, every walkthrough we do, our intent is to go out and be the best we can. And if we have those expectations upon ourselves, it really doesn't matter what the outside world has. We're not going to be affected by what someone else says or, or someone else says we should do and, and all the people that are 
that rank teams, and they really don't know. There's no team that has deserved any ranking they've gotten at this point. So for us, those expectations are sometimes unwarranted, but we inside believe we have a certain standard of excellence, and we've got to recognize that, and we've got to perform to it day in and day out, and that starts this week. It's our first chance to say, are we going to perform to our standard? And that's what we're going to measure ourselves on is this game and this game alone, and the things we don't do well, we're going to work on the things we do do well. We're going to continue to improve on. How do you think Zamir White has handled this sort of past month in terms of the physical rigors of practice? And what are your sort of expectations for him going into this first game, coming off the ACL injuries? Uh, Zamir's worked really hard conditioning-wise. He's one of our hardest workers on our team. He's playing on a lot of our special teams in roles. Uh, he's done a good job in the scrimmages. I think he's very confident um, in his knee and his health, so he's rip raring to go. It's just I don't have expectations for him, per se, to say you're going to do this in the second quarter this time in this play. It's, it's going to go with the ebb and flow of the game, and uh, sometimes that changes. And can't tell you how that will be for him or what that will be for him, but I can tell you that he's an unselfish kid that has worked his tail off to get back. And, you know, some of the expectations for him are probably unwarranted. But for him, it's a matter of he's got his health and uh, he wants to support his teammates. Kirby, you mentioned everything Vanderbilt has coming back offensively. Um, I know you've got a plan to stop those guys, but is there a part of you that likes the fact that your defense gets to face guys of their caliber in the first game of the season? Well, you like a challenge. I mean, you certainly love and embrace a challenge. These guys are really talented. I mean, it just seems like they've, they've each been superb players in our league. And you look at what they've been able to do offensively, it's – it's pretty special uh, to have three guys like that back. For three players that chose to not come out in the draft to come back, it's, 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 it gets your attention when you look up there and see Keyshawn Vaughn, same number of 10-plus runs that DeAndre Swift has. I mean, that's it's pretty special. It's eye-popping to catch your players. Um, and we know how good Pinkney is from right down the road. I mean, he's a really talented player. So each one of those guys has done a lot to earn uh, their respect of our players. Because when you do it in our league, it's – it, it grabs the attention of the room. Uh, Kirby, after losing your top four receivers from last year, I'm just wondering who is standing out to you right now. During SEC Media Days, I asked from who he thought would step up. He told me Tyler Simmons. I'm wondering if that's the case. Also, McColl has been so exciting to watch this preseason. Can you just give me your thoughts on how he's playing? I hadn't seen much. I saw the one touchdown run he had on the uh, like jet sweep deal where they tossed it to him, and he looked explosive and fast. Um, outside of that, I hadn't seen a lot of his uh, offensive plays, but we all knew what he could become, and he's really done that. Um, as far as our guys, I think that it's been by committee. Um, Tyler's had a, had a good camp, but, I mean, every one of those wideouts at one time or another has made really good plays. So there's a body of eight or nine of them there that I think they need to get confidence. They need to get uh, some catches. They need to catch and run with the ball and make people miss and use the skill sets that so many of them use to get them here. And uh, getting an opportunity to do that, the next step for these guys is to go do it in a game. Uh, they haven't had many opportunities to do it in a game. So I've seen them for the last two and three years, some of them make catches and make plays, but nobody else has been able to. So this is their opportunity to go out and make plays. This is probably the first year in a number of years Jake hasn't had somebody like breathing behind his back. Him going into this season, what's his comfort level? You know what I mean? Last year it was, you know, guy coming in, he came in there. This year he's basically your number one and there's really nobody behind him. 
Yeah, I think Jake's kind of always been comfortable. Jake, <laughs> Jake is a comfortable quarterback. He uh, believes in who he is. He, he, he trusts in his offense. He understands the offense. He has a really good grasp of what plays want to be run versus what looks. He's having, it's like having an extra coach on the field. And, you know, his level of confidence continues to grow because you see him uh, kind of impart that on the younger players and on the offensive line, running backs and receivers. I mean, he, he leads. And um, I think he's in a, a better spot than he's ever been in just from the standpoint of having more experience. It has nothing to do with who's behind him and has everything to do with who he is. And speaking of Jake, I mean, what is it about him beyond the physical that makes him different maybe from other quarterbacks you've been around? Is there a different curiosity about the game that he has? I don't know uh, if that's the case. I think uh, – he has a passion about the scheme part and the X and O. He has a, a really good uh, spatial awareness of the field, understanding where people are and where his people are. Uh, he trusts the system and believes in the system and knows that um, he has options. I mean, he, he, he knows before the play he's going to do this, this, or this. He's not having to process that information slowly. It comes natural to him through the number of reps he's gotten. And that probably makes him most different than most other quarterbacks is just his experience. And uh, his exposure to offensive football was started at a younger age with uh, his high school offense. Kirby, uh, we last saw practice on Friday and didn't notice Kenny McIntosh out there. Didn't know if he might have been dealing with something or, or – He's there. Okay. You guys just missed him. Coach, when it comes down to deciding exactly what 70 players we make in the trip, what are some of the, I guess, key things, factors you'll be looking for to determine which guys those will be? Who helps us win? Who helps us win? I mean, it's – that's what we're trying to do. We're going to take the guys that give us an opportunity to win that can affect the game. And and this week, that might not be the same as the next week. It's not – people think it's set in stone. It's not set in stone for us. You know, if we play a heavy run team, a heavy pass team, if we're going to run heavy, if we're going to throw heavy, and it's special teams, there's a lot of things that factor into that. But nothing's final. You talk about a season opener. What about the dimension of a new offensive coordinator, a uh, change in the unknown there? Yeah, uh, I don't – I mean, it's not unknown to me because he's been our co-offensive coordinator. That, oh, their guys. Yeah, I think it makes it a little more unknown when he's in the system. You know, Cortez worked with him and Cortez was with him and uh, he's been part of their system and done a, done a fabulous do a job uh, as the coordinator for them along with Andy for a long time. So uh, he does a great job. They have a si system that has some similarities to ours um, and they do a really good job of playing a pro-style system. Coach, after watching the uh, Saturday night game, I wondered about your thoughts on week zero. It drew a huge um, television market and your thoughts about you know, potentially opening earlier, if that's good for college football. Yeah, I, I spoke to it before. I don't, you know, I don't have a stance. I talked about the, you know, the, the players have to report earlier to do that. So you're cutting their time down. Now you say, well, they get it back this week. Well, they really, they do, but they don't really get a break because they're in school. They don't get to do things. I look at it as if, if a player has six weeks during the summer and you make it five, that makes it a little tougher uh, for, for the kid. And to each his own, I think it's uh, one of those things that spreads out the season a little longer. Maybe it gives you more recovery within it, but it's really what each coach preferences and what 
what's the option? What's the situation? You know, are you going to get to play in a environment in a game that's uh, nationally televised, and you get to be get the exposure that might make it worth it uh, for the players to give up some of their time away? But I think each each situation is different. Last question. All right, thank you. Thank you, guys.